Hey, what's up, everybody? This is the FitSmart Podcast, and uh, my name is JC. Got Raj Law on the line with me, and we are going to discuss a couple things today. Uh, why don't you get us started, Raj, with uh, the topic? All right, today, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to cover how to get started in the fitness industry, both in terms of in-person training and online uh, aspects of it, just because um, I know that this is a question that we both have gotten a lot of just feedback from and questions about just people wanting to know how we got started, but also how they can get started. They might have, you know, had a career change and they just want to get going in a different direction, but there's not too many, you know, great resources out there for just getting people started initially right off the bat. So, um, you know, from between both of us, we have enough experience where we can at least share kind of what we did and kind of the paths that we took to get started and hopefully it can get everybody else rolling in the same direction. So one of the first things that we always get asked is what about a certification? So I think I think I'll just start off and basically say that a certification for lack of a better phrase it is what it is. It's 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 important. You have to have it primarily just to get hired and to technically kind of cover your butt so to speak from a liability standpoint, most most uh, gyms uh, I know in the U.S. and in Canada, I don't know about anywhere else, but are probably not going to hire you as a trainer or take you seriously if you don't have some type of certification. You know, this kind of serves as a purpose to at least say, hey, you're qualified, and it also kind of weeds out the people who m- may know what they're talking about, may not know what they're talking about, and uh, it's a lot easier to get a certification than it is to get a an exercise science degree. Neither Roger or I have an exercise science degree. So uh, in order you know, for us to get started like we did, we, we actually got certified. So a certification, uh, it, there's bunches of them. What do we have, Roger? We have the AS, ACSM, uh, NASM, AAFA, NSCA, ISSA. I know those are just a lot of acronyms, uh, but... That's just a, a tiny bit of what is out there. Uh, what do you think, Raj? I mean, as far as them being important, do you think any one of them is more important than the other, or do you think it kind of depends? Like, what's your advice on which one to choose? I, I, you know, personally, I, I like the NSCA's certification just because it's most accepted. And, and truth be told, just when you're coming from a certification background is just getting your foot in the door to be all honest. Um, you don't like, once you get your certification, you're still going to need to learn a whole bunch of stuff. So I would honestly just, you know, when you're getting started, look at a cert that's, you know, widely accepted so that, you know, when you're looking for a place to work or a gym, the chances of you being able to go in with that cert and getting hired on some level is, is high. Cause if you have like, I don't know. There's a lot of certs out there, and these are the more popular ones that we listed. But if you have some random cert and you go to try and get a job, they're like, I don't know what this is at all. Um, Nope. So I like the NSCA just for that reason. It's kind of considered the gold standard, and there's a couple different levels to it. The first one is the um, just a CPT, and that's just Certified Personal Trainer. So that allows you to work you know, in a gym, that's what most gyms will require, if uh, if anything, just to work with clients. But there also is another level, the CSCS, which is a certified strength and conditioning specialist. That allows you to work more with athletes, 
and um, and people that require a little bit more uh, knowledge in terms of just the programming and things like that. So it gives you a nice background on that one. And the good thing about the CSCS is that if you have that, odds are you don't need to get the CPT as well. So it kind of covers it all versus if you had the CPT and the gym wanted the CSCS, then you'd have to go back and take that test, which is just more money. Because in the end, a lot of these certifications cost money. In terms of the study materials, uh, the time invested, just trying to lock all the knowledge in your head and, and taking time off of whatever else you're doing to get that down. So you really want to make sure that whatever cert you go with, a gym that you have in mind is looking for that cert because otherwise it, it doesn't do you any good at all. Yeah, and also keep in mind too, most of the certifications that you get are, are going to be similar. Some of them focus more on on certain terminology, some of them focus on you know certain aspects of fitness and training, but for the most part, they're all very similar. So don't get so hung up on trying to get a, a certain you know if you have your heart set on on one and you think that's going to serve you the best, it's cool, go for it. But don't spend a lot of time doing a ton of research saying, okay, do I need this cert? Do I need this cert? Just for the simple fact that most gyms are going to accept you know most of the ones that are well known. And at the end of the day, it's not about the certification because you're not going to learn a ton of information just from the certification material. You're going to learn the basics, but anybody can read a book on how to train someone and how to coach and, and how to do a squat properly, but you never really learn until you actually do it. Truth. So, so, so that, the, that's, I think that's the hugest, is that a word? Hugest. hugest. That is the most huge. That is the largest <laughs> takeaway point just because it's, it's just a foot in the door and it's just an entry point. So if you think that, you know, once you get the cert, you're going to stop learning, that is, uh, <laughs> that's the wrong mindset to come into all of this with. So just think of it as a tool to get into the door. And then, you know, we'll be talking about continuing education stuff later on, but this is just the beginning of your fantastic quest so yeah so get speak, ready yeah so speaking about getting your foot in the door i don't have a lot to add on this because i kind of got started in a in a different uh manner than most people do but i get a lot of questions about you know getting certified going to work at a commercial gym because the typical route for most people getting into fitness is getting certified and then pretty much going to work in a commercial gym so there are some advantages to that and a lot of people ask, how do I get started? What do I do? The first thing I always say is just is, is get the certification out of the way. And then the, the best bet for them to succeed is to go to usually a, a what we call, what we kind of laugh about. It's like a Globo gym, commercial gym. Go get a job there and work with as many clients as possible uh, You know that your schedule allows. This does two things. This gives you experience, but it also helps you make a lot of friends. And yeah, as I can attest to, Roger can attest to, you, your clients end up usually end up becoming friends of yours. And people like to do business with their friends. So if, if you build up a, a list of people that you've coached and trained and worked with, chances are, if you're good and, and you make friends with these people, they're going to want to tell other people about you. So that's Probably one of the best ways, at least, to get your start. Most people don't want to just train in a commercial gym forever, and there's a lot of reasons behind that. And one of them is basically just because you can't really be in control of what you're paid. Uh, they usually dictate that, 
um, you can't, you necessarily aren't really in control of the type of clients you choose either. So um, that's initially, you know, one of the best ways to get started. Uh, that's about as far as I can go because that's not the, the route that I chose. Uh, but Raj, what's your experience with that? So, you know, I went a different way in terms of getting started, like, like you were saying. So when I, you know, for those that don't know, I completely, you know, had a different career path in mind and, and I just decided to take a chance on this and it paid off luckily. But the thing that was the the biggest jumping off point for me was my internship at Cressy Performance back in 2009. So I can't speak highly enough of internships, you know, for no other reason than it really fast tracks your knowledge from wherever you're at. So where I was, I was a complete beginner. Um, I, I hadn't taken an anatomy class. I had I had no coaching experience. I was pretty much going in there like a like a sponge. So it was a huge benefit to me. So in terms of getting one, that's that's the tricky part because there's a lot of different places out there that offer them, but you might not know it. Um, they might not advertise it, but they do may they may do like an informal internship. But I know a lot of the bigger places in the uh, the personal training and the strength and conditioning world do offer internships. I know uh, Cressy Performance still offers them. Uh, Mike Boyle, I believe, a couple of pl- athletes performance out. Uh, I think they may offer some kind of internship. Um, a lot of the bigger places do, but the worst thing that uh, you can do is not reach out and ask. That's that's the biggest mistake I think people make because they assume that there's not any spots or if there is, they're not going to get them. So they just rule them out completely and they just try to go into gyms with no experience and just assert and they're just not getting any callbacks or they're not getting anything. So my first uh, task for you would just to be to reach out uh, either through email or if you're close enough to a certain gym in the area just to go in and uh you know strike up a conversation with uh someone that would be able to answer that question for you just so that you know and you can just start crossing names off the list like, okay this place is not offering internship this place does uh and just stay in touch it might not be something that's paid most of them aren't but if it's a place that you think you might want to work or if you just want the experience you know internship can be super valuable um, the one thing you want to do is really just make sure that it's worth your time. Because some places, you you might get in there and it's completely different than what you expected in, in like a bad way. I didn't have this experience, but I've heard from people that, you know, they did internships and it was really nothing more than, you know, they were they were just there to help make things run more smoothly, but they weren't really learning. So some of them, sometimes they were cleaning And sometimes they were just, you know, walking around on the floor, just seeing how things work, but they weren't really getting any hands on. And that's really what you want to get out of an internship is that experience. So I would upfront just kind of, if they do offer internship, ask kind of what the expectations are, you know, from you and also kind of what you're looking to get from as well and see if that fits uh, what they're willing to offer. Because if not, if it's unpaid, your time is your most valuable asset, so you want to make sure that you're getting the most bang for your buck or your most bang for your time invested. So that would be uh, huge in terms of internships. And also the other benefit, aside from just the knowledge, is like like JC was saying earlier, uh, just making friends in, within the industry because this is a super small industry and it just helps to know people and they can point you in directions and it might even help you um, – 
get your first job. They might be able to point you towards a gym, even if you decide not to work where you did your internship. They might know someone that's hiring um, and be able to connect you with them. And the fact that, that you know, you're vetted by that person that they know helps you look even more credible versus if you were to just come in there with your cert and just be among a pool of uh, like 10, 15 other applicants who really knows. So that would help you stand out in that respect, just the experience and then you knowing who you know and having access to uh, who they know. So now, so now this is, you know, these skills that you develop, you know, in terms of the technical aspect of things are important, but one of the things that an internship really allows you to practice in kind of a safer setting is the soft skills that are really going to make you super valuable to whatever gym you work at. And these are things just like, you know, building rapport with people, um, and, and just kind of knowing, you know, when to dig, when not to dig, um, being able to, you know, empathize with people and their issues that they're having. Because, you know, this is pretty much a, a personal business. So you, what you bring to the table in terms of, like, those soft skills is super important. And even if you're the most technical person in the world, if the person you are working with doesn't feel like you have their best interests in mind or that you even care, it, you know, the odds are they're not going to stay with you as a client very long. And it's going to be hard to get other clients as well. So use the internship as a way to just, you know, if you're not comfortable with talking with people, definitely just kind of use that every opportunity that you can to really speak with people and just become comfortable with it because you're going to be doing it a whole lot when you're in the gym, especially when you're trying to get new clients. So you want to be able to, you know, come off as knowledgeable, but you also want to come off as friendly and, you know, confident because you don't want to try and get a potential client and they, they see you being hesitant. They're like, I don't know about this person. He seem, he doesn't seem like he can deliver what he's telling me that he can deliver. And you don't. that's the last thing you want to go through a potential client's mind, especially if you know that you can deliver, but it's just not coming across to them. So there's this old uh, quote. I don't know who said it, um, but it's, I think it says, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So that is that goes a long way in this industry. So that's something that, if you can get that, nothing else out of the internship, just being comfortable, uh, talking to people, and just really getting out there, it's going to be a skill that serves you well, you know, regardless of what you do inside the industry. Sure. And just saying what Roger, you know, reiterating what Roger is saying, this essentially is a people business. And I was chatting with a former client of mine who is now, he's now certified through ISSA, and he is on the prowl. He's looking for a job. He's really trying to get into a gym and get his feet wet. And we were talking about this and he was telling me like, JC is like, this is really hard. I I can't even get a call back. No one seems to even care. And, uh, so first thing I was like, yeah, I want you to understand that it's not going to be easy. It's not gonna be easy getting a job at first, you know, especially in this economy, getting a job period is hard. But I started to ask, I was like, do you know anyone in a gym where you're at? Do you, do you just like, do you know a front desk person or do you know somebody that has a connection with somebody that runs a gym? Because if that's the case, as bad as it may sound, this is just the way it works. We, we are more likely to work with and hire somebody that we know or somebody uh, that, that we're connected to through someone else. But essentially, when it all comes down to it, yeah, you need to be good at your craft. You need to be good at training. You need to be good at program design. All this stuff that makes you a good trainer 
But doesn't matter how good you're at at any of that stuff unless you are good with people. And I say this is a people business, so you have to get familiar, as Roger said, with talking with people. You've got to get over those little fears. And you got to be comfortable with selling. And, and then that, that word, sales, is often uh, times a really scary word. And it's a little off-putting for some people. I hate to burst your bubble. If you really want a job in fitness, there's a lot of people in fitness. And unless you are creating some special invention in a lab or creating a shake weight or something that, that is going to be distributed and sold by someone else, uh, you're going to have to talk to people you, because most likely you're going to be training them or you're going to be consulting with them. And this is why you will see in many gyms that you go into a trainer that has a full roster of clients. And just by watching that trainer, you can pretty much say, wow, this guy doesn't really know what he's doing. Or uh, this guy just sucks at training. But if you'll notice, he keeps a full roster. He he is very good at building relationships with those people. So I'm not saying this is a good or a bad thing. Uh, I'm just saying it's something that you have to be aware of. Uh, you can be the best trainer in the world. You can have all the certifications. You can have done all the internships. But if you can't sell somebody your ideas and why they should train with you, this is probably not the business for you. And I happen to really like sales. I love talking to people. I love telling them how I can help them. I don't look at it in terms of like, okay, this person is X amount of dollars. I got to make money on them. I got to make a sale. That's not how I look at it. It's not how anyone should look at it. That's, that's the wrong way to approach sales. When you look at it from an exchange standpoint, when, uh, I mean, great marketing is simply an exchange of value. You sell something to them that they absolutely need and it's going to benefit them. And in return, they give you value, which whatever, maybe they're trading a service for you. Maybe they're giving you money. You're, you're just exchanging value. And once you can wrap your head around that concept, uh, it tends to ease some of the, the tremors and some of the, the feelings we might have about sales. But it also puts you in a state of mind of if you're in this for the right reason and you want to help a bunch of people, then you're essentially doing something you love and you kind of take the whole got to make a sale idea out of the equation. But case in point, you have to be really comfortable. You, you need to get comfortable with sales and with talking to people in general. Otherwise, it's just virtually impossible to, to make it in this business. Unless you just work at a commercial gym and you never have to sell a client and somebody, the sales manager always just hands you clients. But, you know, I, I don't like that idea because I'm not in control and it puts a cap on uh, the impact I can make in terms of people I work with and uh, the amount of work I can do. So, you know, once you're comfortable with that, once you've gotten into the industry, you got certified, you've been training for a while, you don't want to just stop and you don't want to just become complacent. And the reason I say that is because you'll, you'll, you'll learn in this business that a lot of people will just kind of become content with where they're at. They hardly ever crack open a book. Uh, they hardly ever continue their learning. They, they don't spend the time reading valuable uh, research or, or any of the materials that's going to help them become a better coach. So something Raj and I are really big on not just from a credential standpoint, because 
honestly, like some of the seminars and stuff that I've gone to, like I, I go to them just because I want to, you know, be with my friends that are in the industry and I want to hear good, good lectures and, and learn a few things. You can get what's called continuing education credits, but I, I hardly, I mean, yeah, you go for those reasons, but you really go to, to learn. And Raj and I have gotten a lot out of going to seminars simply for the fact that uh, we always learn stuff. Like uh, I know the last three years going to the, the fitness summit in Kansas City, I've learned a tremendous amount just from you know listening and watching Nick Tuminello give his lectures. They are amazing. Like I've taken stuff from, from him that I've learned. I still use it to this day three, that I learned three years ago. So that's just an idea. Always, always be on the lookout for seminars you can go to, uh, any type of workshops. There are often two or three day workshops being held on the weekend all over the country. It just uh, kind of plug yourself in with a, with a fitness group either online or, or in your local community and you can always find something where you can go and, and get some, this is another place to get hands on, on learning as well. Uh, what, what are some things that you've been to, Raj, that have been helpful? You know, yeah, I've also been to uh, those same seminars with you, my good friend. Um, but there's also ways to check and see if there's seminars in your area through the certification website that you're on. So I know the NSCA, if if I were, you know, looking for to, a seminar to get some continuing education units, which is what you need to stay certified with the NSCA, um, every couple of years they require you to have a certain amount. It all depends on when you get certified, so... Um, make sure you keep up with those or you lose your certification and have to take that test again, which is not cool. But if you look on the website and just type in the area you're in, you can bring up a whole list of uh, seminars that are in your area or within a certain mile radius of where you are, which is cool. And they also give you the topic and usually they have a contact um, email address or something where you can get contact with whoever's putting it on. So if you want more information, you can kind of contact them to see, you know, if it, this is exactly what you want because the last thing you want to do is spend a lot of money with travel and and time off of work to go to a seminar and not get what you want out of it, you know, cuz that is, you know, that's not what you what you're there to do. You're there to learn and if it's not something that would benefit you going back to the gym, then it's definitely not worth investing in at least not right now. There's a lot of seminars out there so you have to pick and choose which ones are right for you at a certain time. But also, like um, JC was saying, you just get to meet people at these seminars, and they're already in the industry, so you already have something to immediately talk about. So again, this is just an opportunity to practice speaking with people, being comfortable with that, and then you also get to make new contacts within the industry, and who knows where that'll go. They could become friends, they could become um, you know, someone that can serve as a professional reference to you if you decide to move on to another gym. Um, you know, the possibilities are endless. So just make sure that when you go, you know, you go with, you know, your eyes wide open, you're ready to take everything in, ready to interact with people. Some of these seminars are kind of high energy. Um, so be prepared for that for sure. Cause they can be, they can be draining if you're on all the time and just super pumped up and you're all over the place. So, um, one of the seminars that I know is big, I haven't gone to it personally, but is the perform better circuit. And that has a lot of big names. So, yeah, I know Eric Cressy speaks at Perform Better, and I also know that Martin Rooney, he's one of the most dynamic speakers that I know, super passionate, super pumped up. I know that every time I see him speak, it makes me want to become a better speaker. So definitely check out the Perform Better circuit. It usually 
they, you know, I know they do some in Rhode Island. I know they do some in California. They also do one in Chicago. It all depends on the time of the year. But if you just Google perform better, they usually give you a list of the different uh, areas and times and dates that they're doing these seminars at. So seminars are just one way to continue your education. But also, you know, there are different services out there, different products that offer a ton of value for the, the money that you're getting. And I know that one of them that JC and I are both subscribed to is the AARR, which is the Allen Aragon Research Review. That thing is, uh, I don't, I don't know if you, there, I don't think there's any better value out there for someone that's looking to get the research filtered and, and digested by someone that has years of experience doing that. And also, uh, have get practical information in terms of nutrition and training in in layman's terms so that you can understand it and you can relate it immediately to your client because I think it's ten dollars a month and it comes out every month and it is it's just packed filled with information and I've been subscribed to it for three years and I know that I take something away from every issue so that if I had to recommend at least one thing that everyone could take away something from that would be it yeah, that's the same with me too. I've been subscribed for a long time, and as many of you may know, Raj and I are pretty close to Alan. We were all really good friends, and uh, just most recently, he he actually released uh, an issue. And I'm just going through the table of contents right now, just to kind of give you an idea. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There are a total of eight articles in here. And most of which are all papers that you'll find in, like, Journal of Sports Nutrition, um, Strength and Conditioning Research Journal. Uh, there are all kinds of scientific papers that you can go through. And the, the neat thing about this is you don't have to be some, you know, grad student. You don't have to have the understanding of how to read research to be able to subscribe to this. What's cool about it is Alan takes all of his years of experience, reads the research paper, dissects it, and then explains it in layman's terms what the central message is, why it's important, and uh, what you can take from it. So for instance, here is an example. Uh, the effects of meal frequency on metabolic profiles and substrate partitioning in lean, healthy males. So the first thing you look at that and you're like, oh God, what? What uh, what do I know about a metabolic profile and substrate partitioning? A lot of people are going to see that title and they're going to be like, "Well, there's no way I can even understand the title, much less the you know the abstract." Well, Alan goes ahead and explains everything in full detail. So when you do read it, you're like, "Oh wow!" So this means this, this means that, and then you can kind of go through and it, it gives you a better understanding. So it kind of bridges the gap from like maybe you're a brand new trainer and in your background is, say, in athletics. So you know training really well, but nutrition is just something that you're still trying to get a handle on. This is the perfect supplement to any reading you can do. And, at, you know, if you look at 10 bucks a month, that's, that's a steal. You know, a lot of textbooks are going to cost you well over 100 bucks, And either they're going to be out of date, uh, it's going to have information in it that is somewhat iffy, you know, you, you, it, it might be on point. It might not be, it might be, uh, something like I said, that's just old, it might be just out of date. And not to mention that they're, they're updating textbooks frequently. And, you know, I don't think you want to pay 120 bucks every time a new textbook comes out. So this is just a, 
a plug for Alan. We are great friends with him, and this is by far out of everything I've seen in terms of nutrition and and research. This is by far the best. Um, if you don't go to any other seminar or anything, this could be uh, this could be an awesome asset to your to your education. Guaranteed. Best ten dollars you'll ever spend in your life. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, I just think parlaying on that. Um, one of the last things that I, I think we should touch on is just making a point to to meet some of these people. That especially if you if you're online and you do a lot of stuff online and uh, you interact with the fitness community, it's really important, in my opinion, to go even if it's you know even if you're not going to a seminar to to learn, so to speak go just to shake hands. Like I know people in the industry that probably don't need to go to seminars just because they've been doing this so long. It's not to say that they can't learn anything new, but really going to a seminar, they're not going to learn what they might learn on their own or by studying, you know, advanced materials or whatever, but they simply go to hang out and to shake hands. And personally, out of anything I've done with my short career so far is going out and making friends. Roger and I met three years ago uh, uh, in May. Yes, I sir. Guess, I guess that was 2010. So, yeah, we met We met at the, the fitness summit, and we've become really good friends as a result. We do a lot of work together. We are podcasting together, obviously, because of that initial meeting. Um, we, we met Alan that way. Um, I traveled to New York last year and met Kenneth Yim, who's a really good friend of mine now. Uh, he has a startup in New, in New York. I met Dick Talens, Brian Wang. They have Photocracy. I'm really good friends with those guys. And met John Romanello. He wrote the foreword of my book. So I went out and I shook hands with these people and I made, I made connections in the industry. And essentially, that's how anything happens. You know, you, you go out, you shake hands, you buy that plane ticket when you might not be able to afford it, but you do it anyway because you know that you're going to reap the benefits of of making those friends. And that's just how those connections are made. So if I can encourage you to do anything that you want to do to prog- you know to to further your career, it is get off your butt and and go meet some of these people. Get off the internet is just a tool. You know, you can meet people online all you want, but you really want to cement those relationships in person just because it makes a huge difference just in terms of, you know, your own friendship, but also just, you know, how, how, you know, you both feel about this relationship. It's like, okay, you know, I met this person. They are real, you know, online through email. It's easy for people to be one thing and then you meet them. They might be completely different, but you never know until you, you know, reach out and just go for meeting them up in person. It, it makes such a huge difference, and it's easy to do. Most of the people in this industry are super friendly and more than willing to you know, meet up for coffee or go out to dinner or just do something, even if it's just chill for you know, about 30 minutes. But you never know if you don't ask. And I've, I personally have never been turned down when I reached out to, to meet up with someone, and I don't think you have either, JC. So it just goes to say... You know, don't be scared. It might it might be scary initially re- reaching out, especially if they appear like bigger than life online. But you know, at the end of the day, we're all just people. We all like hanging around cool people, being with people we like. So you know, the worst thing that can happen is they don't get back to you. But at least you reached out. Yeah, at least you did your part. I mean, that's all you can really do. And as Raj said, I I highly doubt anyone's gonna say 
Uh, I mean, if somebody's busy or they just can't make to something, that's that's possible. I mean, I've been there. Roger's been there. But for the most part, if you're in town, you probably get to hang out, meet up. So, yeah, that, pre that pretty much does it. Um, if you have any questions or anything you would like us to cover, please send us an email. Uh, you can get with me or you can get with Roger, and we will be sure to address those in future podcasts. So until next time, thanks for listening, and uh, please be advised. Peace.